I long for the warmth of and days go by when you were mine but now those days are memories in time life's empty without you by my side my heart belongs to you no matter what i try when i get the courage up to love somebody new it always falls apart cause they just can't compare to you you love only leaves me i'm bound under ball and chain reminiscing our love as i watch four seasons change here comes the winter breeze that chills the air and hits the snow and i imagine kissing you under the mistletoe as springtime makes its way here lilac blooms remind me of the scent of your perfume one summer, one summer nights indeed I'd always get the hots for you Go skinny dipping in the ocean where we used to do When autumn chants the leaves of trees are bare When you're not here it doesn't feel the same Doesn't feel the same Let's start the show At this time I'm going to ask that you fasten your seatbelts Episode 55, Trying to Stay Alive. We are your hosts, John, myself, Keith, and we have a special guest on. Well, we're going to have a couple of special guests, but she's joining us for the first part of the episode. Miss Steph, welcome back. Hey! hey. How are you all? Good. Doing great. pretty good, yeah. Wonderful. Can't, can't great, complain. Great, great. One thing, we're going to just go ahead and get it started real quick. We brought back a segment that we've been hearing a lot of people asking that, hey, you know, this is one thing we'd like to see you guys come back with. What we sipping on for today? Now, Steph, of course, is not in here with us. I don't know if you're sipping on anything today. Are you, Steph? Water. Ah, it's Super Bowl Sunday. I'm Water. saving that for later. Okay. Water. Yeah. Right. I, have, I have to cook, so, oh, you know, right. I don't want to be Understood. inebriated while I'm trying to get my spaghetti perfected. So. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, we are recording on Super Bowl Sunday. So the drink that we have, it is called Smirnoff Zero Sugar Infusions Strawberry and Rosé Vodka. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Pick this up at ABC. Okay. And we're going to chase it with what, John? Sprite Zero. Woo! So I'm going to pour the vodka in mine first. Yeah, let's do that first. Because we don't know what this going to taste like. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. And then we're going to get this Sprite. Okay. And while we do that, let's go ahead and 
give that shout out to the city that downloads us. I mean, we have over 400 and what is it? 490? 94, 96, right? Four, yeah. No, I'm sorry. That number has jumped, sir. Oh. We're at 507 cities that have downloaded us. I am 24 carats. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So this city we want to give a shout out to is Pascalua, Mississippi. Pascalua, Mississippi is in the, what is it, like the conjunction of uh, Biloxi and Jackson. And We're down by the coast? Yes. Yeah. Off the coast. Uh, 22,000 people live there in Pascalua, okay. Mississippi. So here's to Pascalua. Hey, salute. Salute uh, for downloading us. Thank you for supporting us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for everything that you guys have been doing to support us. Of course, like we said, we're going to get through all the cities. We at 507. I think we've only done this maybe five times. So we got a lot of cities and episodes <laughs> to go since we do one, one per uh, episode. That is that's good. Great. Damn, that's good. So we chased it with the zero sugar Sprite. So everything is zero sugar, even the vodka. So again, that's the Smirnoff Zero Sugar Infusion Strawberry and Rosé. That is good. It is very smooth, won't you say? Yeah, it's. Pl- I was pleasantly surprised because I didn't know exactly where to get when you had uh, a zero sugar soda and then the zero sugar alcohol to go with it. Yeah. So uh, I'm actually I'm going to actually put her in another shot of that. Yeah, I just poured me vodka. another shot too. Thank you very much, sir. John, before we jump in and harangue Steph a Ooh, little bit. Goodness. <laughs> wow. Uh, where can they what tell them how to support the podcast as he's taking sips, boy. He may be a little bit twisted and faded. This, I think I this uh, mix this first. Because <laughs> the alcohol was settled at the top. It didn't yeah. completely uh, yeah, mix in with the sprite. That's yeah. okay. All right. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. As far as Facebook is concerned, you can catch us or interact with us rather. On the short desk podcast, all together, one word. You can also interact with us on Instagram at the short desk podcast and Twitter. It is just the short desk. Uh, you can also interact with us via email. Please send us some show ideas, top tens, any particular topic you would like us to cover. You can send that to the short desk at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Don't want to forget about Spotify and Apple iPods or iPods. Your mom said iPads. Last week, that's what she called it. <laughs> you call it. There I go. I'm going to blame it on alcohol this week. Um, but Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, uh, please leave a rating, hopefully a five star rating. Um, same thing on Spotify. They just opened up that characteristic for leaving a five star rating or up to a five star rating. Please leave us a rating. Um, back to Apple Podcasts and Apple iTunes. Also included with the rating, please leave us a comment. Good, bad, or indifferent. We would like to get better, bring you better content, be better content creators and entertainers. It would be much appreciated. Thank you. Yes. And also to piggyback off of that, there's also an, another app that was brought to my attention that we're on. It's called Good Pods. It's an independent growing app. We're actually ranked number four 
in the entertainment news category out of 100, well, the top 100 that they have, we're ranked number four, the Short Desk Podcast, on that app. It's called Good Pod. So if you have that app or if you don't, if you need a new app, it's a lot of good shows on there, independent shows, popular shows. Uh, please go on there. Take a listen. If you listen to us on there, you can rate us on there. One to five stars. That'll be greatly appreciated. But yeah, thank you guys. Shout out to all of you that are listening to us on that app. We are ranked number four in entertainment news. Can't beat that. Wow. All right. Uh, So today is Super Bowl Sunday. This episode will drop on Tuesday, which means the day that we're skipping over is Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) So we all have our significant others that we, you know, may or may not deal with for uh, Valentine's Day. And I know that uh, we've had our fair share of good times with those significant others when we have um, done something special for that day, whether we do it or don't do it, whatever. Um, but I'm pretty sure there's been times where the, the day wasn't all too good back in the day mm-hmm. for Valentine's Day. Steph, have you ever had a bad <laughs> Valentine's Day date or anything coincide with that time? I'm just sitting here like, when have I had a good Valentine's Day? Let me, let me put it that way. But okay. Wow. Um, Valentine's, yeah, Valentine's Day hasn't always been great to me. Okay. Um, but one that stood out in particular, I was with this guy. Um, this is back in my 20s. Um, we were in a committed relationship, but his mother had a problem with it. Um, what was her problem? She, she wanted to be the number one woman in oh. her son's life. She wanted her son to do everything for her and not for anybody else. So she hated me off off rip. Like right. she she just didn't like me because her son was into me. And she even said, you know, I would rather my son be gay than be with you. And she eventually wow. got her wish, but that's neither here nor there. She eventually what? She eventually got her wish, and that's neither here nor there. We'll, that's Wait for a minute. Another Wait. podcast. That's another episode. <laughs> That's for another episode. <laughs> you had John drinking his drink with his pinky up. Whoa. Listen, she, I tried to skate past that real quick, but you yeah, can't really skate past he's, that. Because he's, he's now married to a man. <gasps> oh, um, wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, moving on. Uh, you know, Valentine's Day rolls around and he plans this really nice day for us. Um, we went to the spa, got like a couple's massage. He brought me some really nice gifts. And his mom, um, like you could literally see steam coming out of this woman's ears. She was mad because after we um, went to the spa, had our lunch, we came back to the house. She was living with him at the time. And he gave me my gifts. She was steaming because I think he got her like some candy. Mind you, she had a boyfriend. You know, and so she was like, I don't understand. Where's my mother effing gift? And he was like, where's your man? Why didn't your man buy you some gifts? He's like, this is the woman I'm in a relationship with. And she showed out so bad when it was time for us to go to dinner that night. And I mean, we getting excited for our dinner, get dressed all snazzy and stuff. Guess who was in the back seat looking no. like Kate Fear? Yes. No. Yes. She didn't even dress. Like, she had on some jeans and a shirt. And I'm like, so not only did she um, tag along on our date, but she didn't want to put on any clothes. And then she was just a, a wet blanket the whole night. So, 
I mean, that was a really horrible um, for me. What was the boyfriend? Um, letting his mom do whatever she wanted to do. No, no, not not yours. I'm talking about oh, hers. her boyfriend. Yeah. Out with one of his other women, I guess. Because <laughs> he, he had plenty. Um, but she that's how she was with everything throughout the relationship. But she she wanted to be the number one woman in his life. She didn't want her son being with anybody. And when she said that to me, she was like, I would rather he be gay than be with you. She got exactly what she mm. asked for. That's what you have to be careful. You don't play with my sky daddy. Yeah. You don't play with the Lord because when you ask him for stuff, you get it. Yeah. Woo. That's going to be a conversation for another day. Please believe we are going to revisit <laughs> that. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. You got a story? Do I have to? Yeah, I think you kind of. Oh, man. Uh-oh. Here we go. Strap it. Well, this there. wasn't, this was not, this not, excuse me, this did not take place around Valentine's Day. Okay. That's okay. This, uh, this is around Christmas time, actually. And I want to say it was my second year in college. Mm-hmm. I come back down, uh, back home. I'd had a girlfriend um, for, uh, about four, yeah, for a few months or so, you know, um, during summertime. Then, of course, I came down. Uh, everything was great. Um our winter session like ended before her winter session. So, mm-hmm. you know, during that time I, I was down there, we had like really long winter sessions or excuse me, winter breaks. I want to say it was about six weeks I was home. Okay. So we went out on dates. I would help her um, with her, some of her homework mm-hmm. and some of her courses. And, and then I'm starting to notice as we are, I, I'm getting ready to depart like a, a week or two mm-hmm. uh, back to Delaware. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm starting to notice that she's acting like really brand new. Um, she wasn't as um, affectionate mm-hmm. as before mm-hmm. or um, she, she really didn't converse much as before or I would call. Um, I know this young lady, don't I? Yeah. Okay. We're not going to mention any name. Okay. All right. Okay. Go ahead. Um, oh. Just out of respect. Mm-hmm. But um. Anywho, I guess everything came to a heads when we went on a double date. Now, I don't necessarily remember who the double date was, uh, who it was with, but it's not really important. Right. But we went, um, I think we went out to dinner first. Then after that, it was like, all right, let's go putt putt mini golfing. Mm-hmm. And you know how you're, you act as a couple, you Absolutely. put hands and right. uh, you put your shoulder around your girl. Mm-hmm. And, um, I guess when I went in to um, hold her hand, she brushed me off. Brush you off like oh. she basically mutumboed me. Wow! Like that's in my house. <laughs> okay. So, and then I, I think I tried to go in there. And I guess it just didn't get the hands. Like, oh, maybe, maybe, um, maybe I uh, was imagining things. Mm-hmm. So then I went to put my arm around her shoulder and she like did this swim move like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> now now just to get a little t- just to get a bit off topic like even leading up to you know before that 
it was Christmas time. So we give, you know, we exchange Christmas gifts. And I forgot what I gave her for Christmas, but it was a whole bunch of stuff. And it was like some good stuff on a, you know, broke college student budget. Yes. I got her some decent oh. stuff. I remember getting a uh, a five by seven photo of her in a, in a picture frame I'm that I didn't ask for. It was just of her? Like just of you her. You weren't in the picture. Just of her. She went down to a, a, a film studio and just started posing and, and she took <laughs> a Wait, 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 pause. That was her gift to you? That was her gift to me. And you didn't cut it off right then and there? That's a red flag, John. Uh, this is a different time. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Let me ask oh, you. you did say broke college student. Broke okay, college okay. student. Let me okay. ask you a question, John. Go ahead. For context, if we've known each other a very long time, mm-hmm. right? If we were out on a double date and my date at that time, at that age we were, had did those things to me, how do you think I would have, like, let the audience know how I would have responded Back then, you would have responded in kind with uh, ten or a hundred times the disrespect, <laughs> and mm. you would have added a uh, a drop of uh, vitriol and poison. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on top of that, you would have immediately checked that uh, in the moment. It wouldn't have been something that you would have gone back to the car and. Well, this is out of respect for you. Now I'm going to lay into you. It's like, no. <laughs> mm. It would have been uh, five letter word this, uh, expletive, and four letter words, and then I'm out. I was a terror. Yeah. To say the least. But, anyways, this isn't about me. This is about John. So, you know, I'm a nice guy. Very nice guy. We went through our little 18 rounds or 18 holes of putt putt golf. Then I got to taking her back home. Now, granted, remember, this is right before I'm getting ready to hop on a plane. So she swim moved you in front of the other couple? Yes. Hell no. Go ahead. Oh, man, I would have... Yeah, so... Okay. We hop back in the car and I take her home. Mm -hmm. And so, I guess, essentially, to make a long story short, um, she basically said, I don't think I can really do the long distance thing. So I think we should just be friends oh. as I'm dropping her off in front of her parents. house. After you've taken her to dinner. Yeah. After you paid for her golfing. After she received my Christmas gifts. Damn. And I got a picture frame with her five by seven uh, glamour shot or something inside there. So yeah, I was, um, uh, I was real depressed as I got back on that plane to head to uh, Philadelphia and then an hour drive back to Dover, Delaware. Oh, man. So I remember you telling me this story. Yeah. And I think I cuss you out. You did. When you told me about it, <laughs> that I went on a cussing spree about her. Mm. And I was, I think I was, I was madder than you were at the time, <laughs> the way I was mm. reacting. Yeah. Wow. Thank God I wasn't that double date of, you know, when that happened. Because then I just would have created a scene. And that's my fault. Like my mom and my brother were telling me, hey, man, I don't think uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think you want to go this route with that person. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> well, you live and you learn. Yeah. You're a kid. So. So thanks for allowing me to revisit that today. Damn, that was painful. Listen, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just sitting here like, oh, mm. 
poor Tink Tink? Well, I had one. Well, yeah, I had one that was bad. I don't think it was on the level of, you know, now she's married to a woman, bad, or, you know, swim movement. I don't think anything bad. really trumps that, though. Yeah, Steph's one was, yeah. We got to revisit that. We really deep dive. Not that deep of a dive, but. So there was this young lady that I was interested in, and I really wanted to impress her, right? So I made reservations for um, us for Valent. Either it was the day before Valentine's Day or the day after. To Emerald Lagrassi, Legra- is it Lagrassi? Yeah, yeah, um, Lagasi or whatever yeah. his name is. Emerald, just Emerald. Yeah, he had his restaurant out there at City Walk. Emerald's. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I made the reservation, and I'm thinking, oh man. And even when I told her, she was like blown away. Wow, we're gonna really go out there? Yeah, yeah. So man, we go out there, and again, this is not on the same level as y'all, but we sit down. And the waiter comes, and at this time, we're looking over the menu, and the waiter's like, would you guys like to start with the wine or, you know, all this other stuff. And at this time, I think I was maybe like, I wasn't even, I don't think I was 21, but loudly in front of everybody, what the fuck is this on this menu? I don't eat none of this shit on this menu. Oh, Oh, God. No. 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 So I go... The waiter looks at me. This is a la carte menu, right? Yes. All right. So it's it's that kind of restaurant. Yes. And that's what she's, she she des- decided to say. Yes. Oh yeah. In a, I don't boist- even in a boisterous manner, like boisterous, that? loud. I don't even understand what half of this shit is. It's so embarrassing. So, long story short, I said, "Let's go." We you got up. I, no. Um, we got out and as we're walking through City Walk, she proceeds to tell me. Now, mind you, I'd already told her about where we were going and everything. Um, looking up on the internet back then for me and you, I don't think you know there was websites or if there were, you know, you just didn't do that. You just wait till you got to the restaurant, right? She proceeds to tell me, I don't know why you took me to this place anyways. I don't know nothing about this. I would have been fine just going up here to this to this uh, Burger King Whopper thing bar upstairs. And I don't know why you had to do all that. You ain't got to try to impress me, try to get in my drawers and all this other stuff. So she does that. And while she's doing it, now mind you, we had just been kind of talking. We hadn't, you know, it hadn't gotten to that point. We were just talking, mm-hmm. you know. She proceeds to light up a cigarette. Now, oh. I didn't know she smoked on anything. Oh. oh God, no. Um <laughs> so she's saying all this, lighting up a cigarette as we're walking. Um people that know the old me. I'm not that same man. <laughs> it's rather impulsive. And uh did you smack it out of me? No, I didn't. However, I turned to her. I let her know what I thought about her. I let her know what I thought about a woman smoking. I let her know of how embarrassed I was of her. Not in that vocabulary. Did you have any BC powder in your pocket? I had one in the car. Okay. Um, And I proceeded to leave her there. 
as she I got on the you know the moving yeah. escalator mm-hmm. at Universal. Yeah. She's walking, still going off. And I told her when we got to the middle part, I said, if you proceed to follow me to my effing car, there's gonna be trouble. Mm-hmm. I told her that she stays her here mm-hmm. and get home the best way you know how. Have a good effing night. That was the last time I heard from her. And I remember it all too well because after I left there, I stopped by Popeye's, got me a three-piece, all white spicy at the time. That's when I used to eat the spicy, not the mild. With red beans and rice. And I called it a night. So yeah, that was my Valentine's moment. But I can say the last 12 years of Valentine's for me have been the best Valentine's year. Because, Aww. That's awesome. Uh, and, and, and even then, like me and my wife, we really don't. When we first started dating, it was okay. a thing. Oh, we got to go have a Valentine's Day. Now it's like, it, it, we'll, I'll, I'll always surprise her with stuff. But the whole going out thing, we don't we don't go out to dinner because it's just like, no, but I don't have the patience anymore to fight through the waiting and the sitting and, and cancellation or, or everybody's booked and all that other stuff. I don't have that patience anymore. And yeah, so usually she'll get some type of surprise from me, whether it's candy, flowers, you know, just just because. But she's like, baby, you don't have to get it to me because it's Valentine's Day. You know what I mean? But it, it's our Valentine's have been phenomenal, you know, but that one mm. stood out. Because, yeah, the only reason I didn't get crazy is because there's security there at Universal. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to get arrested. <clears throat> and they were strategically placed in. Yes. Especially as soon as you walked in mm-hmm. or wow. you're leaving. So I was huffing and puffing because, you know, that's a, a, a walk <laughs> going up that hill. <laughs> 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 but anyways, yeah, that was that was my thing. <clears throat> but I hope that this year. For both of you that Valentine's Day is kind and to everyone listening, Valentine's Day is kind to everyone. But let's go ahead and jump into our top 10. We got the top 10 that was voted on by everyone here that listens to us that has social media. Again, as John stated earlier, you can follow us on Instagram and also on Facebook. We try to post everything there for your voting um, for the top 10, what won last week, we put up a poll for top 10 menu items of all time for Wendy's against top 10 menu items of all time versus McDonald's. Wendy's got trounced. Wendy's got trounced. Yes, they yeah, did. Wasn't so, even close. McDonald's won. I want to real quick before we get started, we're going to go through this pretty quickly, but I want to give a shout out to Steph. Steph, thank you so much for joining us. We did this at a short notice. And you jumped on it and you did not hesitate to come in and do this at short notice. You are phenomenal and we cannot thank you and appreciate you um, enough. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. No problem. No problem at all. All right. So with that being said, was this top 10 difficult for any of you? Steph? Um, it was really easy for me because I don't 
scared from McDonald's like that, mm-hmm. especially in recent years because the meat isn't real anymore. Right. But right. I, yeah, it was easy for me. John? Yeah, it was real easy. I didn't have any okay. difficulty p- putting this list together. It's basically whatever I frequently ate yeah. from childhood to yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. I rarely frequent McDonald's as is. So. Correct. So if there's some old menu items, um, there's like one or two menu items that are kind of old. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Same here. Same yeah. here. Well, so it's nostalgic. So, yeah. all right, let's jump into it. Let's, uh, I think the last time we did the top 10, Steph was number one. So we're going to switch things around. Uh, well, Steph was last. I'm sorry. So we'll have Steph go first this time. John, you'll go second and I'll go last. All right. All right. So Steph, okay. come on with it. What you got? Um, for my honorable mention, Yay! I have. I just have one. Just one. Just one. Okay. As it should be. All right. Um, <laughs> for my honorable mention, I have the McChicken. Okay. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. And for my number ten, um, when they had it. Oh, let me put out a disclaimer out there before I do my list because I know somebody's gonna be like, she forgot something. I have never ever in this lifetime had a Big Mac. I have okay. either. I've never eaten one, so I got to put that out there. But for my number 10, um, when McDonald's had pizza, the pizza was really good. We still have one McDonald's that serves it. Um, It's the world largest one. Yeah, the world largest one in our our drive. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Still get pizza there. Mm -hmm. Made fresh in-house. Yep. Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) my honorable mentions. Um, I just have two. A Happy Meal mm-hmm. and mm. um, Apple Pie. All right. Back in the day, not okay. they have now. Um, my number 10 is the McDouble uh, with one slice of cheese. One slice. Okay. One slice. Mm. So, yes, McDouble. Okay. All right. <laughs> I do have uh, honorable mentions. I actually have a couple. Um, the. Sprite from McDonald's. That is not mm. a normal Sprite. Okay. Mm-hmm. The hotcakes from McDonald's. I don't know what they do currently to now or back back then. Okay, I haven't had it in a while. So, well, yeah, since we did the the top ten that time, they were five. They weren't great. Yeah, yeah. And the original apple pie. Um, the way they used to make the apple pie mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. And the last one is a snack wrap. That used to get me through when I was just, you know, need to get a quick little, I mean, a crispy snack wrap or grill honey mustard. Uh, number 10 is the first iteration of the Mighty Wings. The second time they came back out, I didn't care for them. I had them. But the first iteration of the Mighty Wings, the chicken wings that McDonald's had was good to me. Okay. Number nine, okay. Steph. <sighs> the coffee. Oh, McDonald's okay. has some good coffee. Now I'm a Starbucks girl all day, but when I'm in a in a quick rush, I go get some coffee from McDonald's. Add my cream, I'm good. Okay, that sounds good. Number nine, John. Filet o fish mm. without the tartar sauce. <laughs> okay, just eat it straight. Mm. No anything else to it. Oh yeah, no cheese. Yeah, no cheese. Okay, it's fish and bun. Nothing wrong with that. Number nine. 
Number nine for me is the McGriddle. It could be the sausage, egg, and cheese or the bacon, egg, and cheese. But I had never thought that it would taste good. My son used to get it all the time. It's basically too many pancakes with syrup in it. And I was like, ugh, I could eat that. And I took a bite one time and I said, oh, my God. Now, I've never personally ordered one for myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just would take bites off of his. And it was that damn good. So McGriddle, number okay. nine for me. Number eight, Steph. The double cheeseburger. Ah, that's a good one. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. My number eight is the Big Mac. I never had one. Never had a Big Mac. Yeah, Big Mac. It was much better um, back in the uh, mid-90s, early, or late, late 80s uh, to me. Mm-hmm. But now it's just so much smaller and compact. It's not the same. Okay. But that's my number eight. Number eight for me is filet fish Right. Same way. Uh, no cheese. No cheese, no tartar. That bun is like the softest bun I think I've ever had at a fast food place in my life. I don't know what they do to it. Mm-hmm. That's my number eight. Number seven, what you got, Steph? <sighs> McNuggets, but it had to be with the hot mustard sauce, which they don't have anymore. They don't serve that anymore, do they? They don't serve it anymore, so I don't eat McNuggets anymore. Damn. Okay. Yeah. What you got, John? The triple thick shake. Oh, man, I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You had to be very specific when you came up to um, the intercom. It's like, yes, I would like to shake, but the triple thick shake. And it was so Mm. thick that whenever you tried to suck up, any of that milkshake out, it would collapse the straw. Damn. Yeah. Okay. You get a headache. Yes. <laughs> Sucking so hard. Wow. You get a headache. All right. Number seven for me is the hash browns. Mm. I can eat the hash browns. <laughs> any cells. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need anything else to give me the hash browns. Mm. Number seven. What's your number six, Steph? A caramel sundae with nuts. Oh man, man, I forgot about the Sunday. Yes, Damn me it. Too. And they will they do not give you nuts for the Sundays anymore. They the don't Hot they show sure caramel. No, they don't. Not even you ask? I think it was after the no. pandemic, right, Steph? I don't know when they stopped. I just know I rolled up to a McDonald's uh here in, in around me and I asked for nuts. We don't serve those anymore. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was thrown off because y'all know I'm a Chick Fil A person, so yeah. you know the rudeness at McDonald's kind of slapped me in the face. <laughs> yeah, that 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 threw me off too because I I used to get the hot fudge, and then I think some months ago we stopped by, and I was like, yeah, let me get some extra nuts. They be like, oh, uh, we don't have nuts. I said, excuse me, I don't think mm-hmm. I want the hot fudge Sunday now. <laughs> okay. But at Chick Fil A, you can get a bag of oh, yeah. roasted nuts for your Sunday. They'll go well, to I mean, the store and get one drink. for you if they don't have no more. Yes, they will. <laughs> they will. God bless Chick Fil A. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> what you got for number six, John? Um, I used to murder these as a teenager and. In my early twenties, the bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. Oh my God! Yeah, Ooh. I used to kill those, yeah. man. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then when they started adding the um, the egg whites, mm-hmm. ooh, it tasted so much better. Oh, yes, it did to me. But whew, I can't remember the last time I had a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. Whew. Be honest with you. 
Maybe we want to get one. Why are you whispering, Keith? Because I'm just thinking, man. Man, this is, I haven't had one in a while, man. man that was, he was whispering. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Spoke to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, number six for me is their Coke. I don't drink mm. Coke, really, you know, unless it's zero sugar now. But let me tell you something. I don't know what they put in that Coke machine. What well, they told me. One guy told me it's their filtering system. That is a special kind of Coke, baby. Okay. Coke everywhere is delicious. Okay. But that Coke at McDonald's Man, it's, it's different. It's super strong. You yeah. know, I'm I'm team Coca Cola. Yes, all you day. are. Yeah. A- ATL shouty. Uh, yes. <laughs> so that's my number six. Man, this drink kicking in. Man. Yeah, I know it would. <laughs> number five. What you got, Steph? The Oreo McFlurry. Oh, yes. man. Yeah. <laughs> I tell them, put put a little M&M's in there, too. Oh, man. Sometimes they would, sometimes they would. Mm. Yeah. You know, the other day I went to get my son some McDonald's, and the McFlurry machine was down. But what they did was <laughs> they made a milkshake, and they put the Oreos in there for him. Ooh. And I was like, wow, I didn't know you guys did. <laughs> I had a couple sips of it. Mm. Yeah. Oof. What you got, John? Number five. The double cheeseburger. Ah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. All right. Number five for me is the chicken McNuggets. Hey. I like the. Um, and they're oblong shapes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, as a kid, I didn't eat it. I didn't eat McDonald's much because Burger King was my go-to. You, you guys have docu- have heard a documented history of me and Burger King through the years on the episodes. Yes. So I would get the chicken tenders from uh, uh, Burger King, and I didn't really mess with too much from McDonald's. But those nuggets, man, I, I, I'll use it with the barbecue and the buffalo sauce. The barbecue kind of weird tasting, but it's okay. Uh, and then the buffalo sauce. But I forgot about that hot mustard. You made me remember yeah. about that hot mustard. So, but they changed the recipe on the nuggets. They did. It's like white meat now. It's not. Yeah, yeah it's not that slime. four meat slurry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you, they chop. You know, it's been John mentioned the double cheeseburger, and I mentioned the double cheeseburger. Let me just say, um, Burger King always had a better double cheeseburger than McDonald's. Oh, yes, they did. Everything better with the burgers there. Back then. Back then. <laughs> it used to be. Used to be. Back then. Yeah. All right. Number four. What you got, Steph? The apple pie. All right. Okay. You like the new okay. apple pies? I don't like them. No. It's no, the- I just go to Popeye's because Popeye's has an amazing Oh, my apple God. Pie. Have you had it with vanilla Ooh. ice cream? And- yes. Oh, my God. I'm going to get one as soon as we hop off. Because <laughs> I have some ice cream in my freezer, so I'm going to get me an apple pie from Popeye's as oh. soon as I get off this phone with you. Oh, fresh vanilla. Oof. You know who else used to have some good apple pies? Ooh. Checkers. Yeah. That cinnamon. Really? Oh yes. my God. They don't serve them anymore. Because I went over there like maybe a couple of months ago to just get one because we had some French vanilla ice cream. I said, I'm going to go get me an apple pie. And they were like, oh, we've been stopped selling those, sir. I said, what? It was kind of like they fashioned them the same way as Popeye. They did. And thank God and there was a Popeye's around the corner because that's what <laughs> we got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What you got for number four, John? Yeah, I think they um, they lace these with some sort of narcotic 
<laughs> but their hash browns are just um, oh. addicting. Yes. And uh, just like you stated before, I could just eat these as a breakfast item or items because I got more than one <laughs> by themselves because they were that delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, if you had a, had, just had a bad night of drinking, mm. uh, these will fix you right on up. It soaks all that liquor yeah. up. So hash browns are my number four. <laughs> right. Number four for me. You guys heard I might how need some hash browns right now because I'm oh, man. feeling foggy. <laughs> that Smirnoff one got to you, huh? I think so. Plus, we haven't had much to eat today, so oh, yeah. that doesn't help. Doesn't. I'm sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> you continue. <laughs> Number four is my what I was reminiscing on was the bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. Woo! Ah, glory. Okay. Yeah. Now there were times where I would substitute the bacon and put the <laughs> Canadian ham on there. Oh, from the uh, egg muffin. And yeah, mm. it was just it, that was a great combination. Yeah, man. Okay, okay. Yep, mm. that's number four. Steph, what you got for number three? The sprite. Ah, yeah. All right. Listen, the best. <laughs> that thing, boy. Ooh, I had a hit of it the right. other day, and boy, I was I had to stop the car for a second. <laughs> I, when it comes to my soda, I love strong soda. That's with my ginger ale. That's why mm. I love Red Rock. Coca-Cola over Pepsi any day, but Sprite, I don't want it out of the bottle. I want it from Mickey D's with no ice. Listen, I had to catch my breath getting a taste of that Red Rock. When you had put me onto that a couple of years ago, (laughs) man, I got home and I took a swig. I had to to, just put my hands on on a table and just collect myself because that thing had me about to fall out. I've had everybody, I've had people curse me out about Red Rock gingerbread. It will knock out flu, COVID, Anything mm-hmm. that's sitting in those lungs, the Red Rock will get it right on it. Yes, it will. Where can I get Red Rock? <laughs> Publix. Yeah. Publix? It's in little bottles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I've glass ever seen one. Yeah, they're little glass bottles on the soda aisle. All right, I'm right there. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Walmart it. has it too, but you know, I don't go They ahead. do? I had never seen it in yeah. one. No. I, I, yeah, I saw it in there once when I had, when I had to go in there. <laughs> All right, what you got for number three, John? Steph, we're in agreement here with the Sprite. That's my number three as well. Ooh, yay. Number three, uh, Sprite is, uh, <coughs> it's just different. It's worlds different from regular Sprite that you would buy at the grocery store or in a can mm-hmm. or any other fast food joint or hell, any other restaurant. Ooh. It's just completely different. Lord. Thank goodness for that filtration system over there at McDonald's because Mm-hmm. Yeah, all their drinks. I might as well put all their drinks on this. Yeah, uh, carbonated mm-hmm. beverages. That is. So that's my number three. Sprite. All right. I see orange. <laughs> um, my number three is a throwback menu item that they stopped selling years ago. The McDonald Land chocolate chip cookies. They came in a box. Ooh. It was a white box. And yes. it, how did I forget about them? It was the chocolate chip ones. I Jeez. used to get two or three boxes at a time. Those things were phenomenal. They Shame were so on me. good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, he's whispering again. I'm done. I know. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> it took him to a place. Yeah. Like, come to the light, Keith. Yeah, I, I was hoping I could find Caroline. a place that just sells those because they were just so good. <laughs> what you got for number two, Steph? Um, back before they stopped using beef, a quarter pounder with cheese. Hey. <laughs> All right. 
Quarter pounder with cheese. What, what you got for number two, John? Uh, it's the same, but it's the double quarter pounder Ooh. with cheese. Hey. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Delicious. I think we're about to have a unanimous number I think one. so. I think so. <laughs> number two for me is not a food item, believe it or not. Oh. The sea orange. Let me Ooh. tell you something. Praise God. When I Praise saw that God. it was coming back on the menu... I said, oh, I'm going just to get me an orange. <laughs> I did that too. I got me a large spicy orange with no ice, no ice. and an apple pie. Yes. <laughs> no that, ice. That orange lava burst. No oh my God. Jesus. That thing there is woof. Okay. Mm. Extraterrestrial. Yes. Goodness. The best. So we're down Not to number one. Of this world. I think it's the same. I think it may be yeah. the same thing. That's I know the first it's the thing same I wrote down thing. on my top ten list. That's the first thing I wrote down on my top ten list. Let me tell you something. This menu Ooh. item is undefreaking feeded. I will get something. I will go get wings from a place, and I'll say, you know what? Mm. Your wings are good with me sitting there. But since I got to take it home, I'm gonna stop by McDonald's <laughs> and get me some fries. Fries, That's yes, Lord. <laughs> fries. Listen, listen. My baby sister loves McDonald's fries. So she, you don't have to order like a couple of large cartons. Just give her a McDonald's bag and just fill it up with some fries. That's Ooh. it. She's happy. That's She's it. Happy. That's it. Woo. I treasure that over them damn burgers. I would get one burger yeah. and then I would order one large fry, please. And then can I get a medium fry, please? Baby, just give me the fries. That's it. Mm. That's it. With a Sprite. I'm probably going to get me some when we hop out the phone. I'm going to go buy Popeye's and get my pie. And oh, man. Get by McDonald's and get my fries. No salt. No salt, baby, no so salt. I can get it fresh. So they can be hot. Yes. 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 <laughs> oh, man. Damn it, stuff. But what I start doing now... <laughs> here in Atlanta, well, they got a couple, you know, the truck goes around the different cities. They have the slutty vegan restaurant mm-hmm. and she sells this seasoning that's called slut dust. Oh, And okay. it's just a mix of different seasonings. So I go to McDonald's and get me some fries and pour them in a bag and sprinkle that slut dust over it and shake that bag up. Oh, good. I'm going to have to, we're going to have to try it when we come up. Oh, <laughs> come <man>. on. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh. Well, Steph, thank you so much for joining us today. No helping problem. us with the top 10, giving your worst Valentine's date that we will have to revisit pretty soon because <laughs> I need Ooh. to know the story Ooh. info on that one. No uh, word. <laughs> but uh, once again, appreciate you, Steph. Thank you so much. Thank you. No problem. Thank you all. Thanks again, Steph, for helping us with that top 10 in your Valentine's Day. And now we're going to bring on one of my good friends, been knowing this young man since um god since the late 1990s <laughs> from high school just to think about it man it's been what 20 some years now that seemed like time is really i don't know i guess it went by fast but also slow at the same time but it's like 25 years ago 25 yeah it's a long time yeah but anyways the last episode when we recorded, there was a lot going on. We didn't get a chance to get to Whoopi Goldberg. She got suspended from The View for her comments about the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And then also the Joe Rogan controversy. Now, you know, <clears throat> here on the podcast, we really do not talk too much about other podcasts or talk about other topics that are trending with other podcasts. But this ain't just a podcast situation. <laughs> um, 
so I wanted to bring John and I wanted to bring someone on, dear friend of mine. I like to call him Professor <laughs> <laughs> Antoine Simpkins. What's going on, Professor? Now, my buddy, he is um, well versed <laughs> in these topics, and I wanted to make sure this is his first time coming on the show, and really wanted to get his opinion, his thoughts on the matter. And Antoine, you are a Professor of African American Studies and Sociology, correct? Yes. Giving him his flowers. Yes. And and, and what are you currently teaching on right now? Uh, well, currently teaching um, right now, I have, oh Lord, three courses that are running concurrently. Um, so right now I'm teaching interracial dynamics, of course, within the U.S. context, African-Americans, contemporary urban society. And I just wrapped up um, African-Americans in U.S. history from origins to 1865. Um, my previous course offerings um, have included Black Resistance in Trump's America, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> has included um, Black social movements in the United States. Um, of course, you know, your standard introduction to uh, sociology. Um, African-American history from the ending of slavery to present. I've covered quite a bit. <laughs> wow. So it, it it runs the gamut, basically, yeah. Okay. And the Black Americans against Trump, what the Trump resistance, was that done in the first year, second year? How long did you teach that course during his, his presidential run? Um, so Black resistance in Trump's America, I taught the year the summer going into the election um because of racial attitudes in america i kind of sort of knew how that was going to go um and Mm -hmm. uh the course packed out and i taught that for the entirety while he was in office um so it was a very uh contemporary course that was always packed out um Mm -hmm. that the material was always changing uh, because we looked at policy, we looked at black life, what it meant, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I taught it for what the total of what four or five years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And is that something that you came up with, or and you teach at UCLA, correct? Yes, is, I'm at UCLA as well as uh, Los Angeles uh, Valley College. Okay. I started my education at a community college, so I do have like a commitment to community mm. college students. That's good. Yeah. And you started that was here in at Valencia in Orlando, right? That you started? Yeah. I okay. I started at um Valencia because you know, um high school wasn't exactly directing black folks as to where we should be going and what we should be doing. Right. right. Um so yeah, I started at Valencia, um, completed at Morehouse in UCLA. Okay. And uh yeah. Wow. And I'm sorry, Jim, what, what was the rest of your question? I think my question was um were you the one that came up with that curriculum or that particular class uh, during? Yes. Okay. And that wasn't just, that wasn't UCLA at large or that particular department or sociological department. Yeah. Uh, no, I was asked first, it started as a summer course. I was asked to construct a course um, and I'm a very uh, like contemporary person. I prefer to teach what's in the now. Um, I, I do have capacity to teach like, you know, history because, you know, you kind of sort of have to have that art, you know, with a doctorate. Yeah. But yeah, um, 
but I was asked, you know, just to formulate a course. So I really sat back and, and thought about like U.S. historical trajectory and mapping it onto the president and where we're going and what's happening. And out came Black resistance in Trump's America um, because, you know, Black Lives Matter was still very much a thing. And we were dealing with the question of how does Black Lives Matter come about during the era of Barack Obama, mm-hmm. um, which is another subject for another day. And to answer your question. <laughs> uh, uh, just put some ice over that. To answer your question, yes, I created that course from the ground up. It was not pre-existing. Kudos. Wow. That's That's wonderful, man. So a lot of, is that, is that tough to do for you when creating these curriculums, curriculums for your courses? Is that, is that a tougher ask for you to create them or is it tougher for you to be handed one from your department? So to speak, I would say it's tougher to be handed one from my department because I'm a very much against the grain kind of person. Yeah. Um, the benefit of teaching at the university level is you can teach a subject how you want to teach it and you are not bound to any type of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my intellectual trajectory, if you will, and foundation is critical race theory. I was a critical race theorist before it became you know, the the taboo subject that it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, critical race theory has been around for a very long time mm-hmm. and it has never been taught at a public school level. That's another thing for another day. But um, yeah, it's more difficult to take a pre-existing class and flip it because I'm going to teach it from the black perspective because I'm black, right? right. Um, it's anything, I like being given a blank slate and building it from the ground up because then it becomes, the hard part for me becomes like, what readings am I going to exclude? Because I read a lot, naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just like, oh, you know, what am I going to, and I'd much rather wrestle with that than how has this class been taught? And what is this BS on the syllabus that I'm looking at? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. So you're, so I'm sure every Martin Luther King day, you probably, do you even Pick up your phone and look online to see the 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 quotes. <laughs> you know, that, I'm sure that just probably won't make you want to jump out of building when you see oh, Martin Luther King Day when these folks pull out these quotes of you know the 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 popular quotes that you know they always get misconstrued as far as from what the real Dr. Martin Luther King was. I I know that probably has your head on a tizzy every every year, huh? It, it it does. You know, I would say somewhere between MLK and Black History Month, period, because first of all, I went to Morehouse, so right, I'm yeah. kinged out, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you come into Morehouse, it is king from the time you get there to the time you leave. I'm I'm good, right? Right, right, right. right. So, so, so there's that level of it, and there's also the level of, you know, people king out of context. There's that, right? Yes. Um, but then Black History Month, I usually take off because everyone becomes Black historians mm-hmm. um, at that time, so it's a wonderful time to breathe. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting, yeah. And <laughs> hey, you have to fight the urge to just correct people, you know, I'm sure, because it's... <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really, really difficult. And like, you know, King is not just this um this 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 black neoliberal person mm-hmm. that you know a white America would have him to be, right? Like mm-hmm. King loved the women, right? That's one yes. of the first things. Right, right. Right. <laughs> you know, yes. like, you know, the night before King gets assassinated, King is getting it in at the Lorraine Motel, right? White you know, women too with that. <laughs> <laughs> 
right? So yeah. it's just like, you know, I think we we love to lift our heroes to a certain place. But King was very much a man of his day, as they like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, yeah, yeah, I let people have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, you got it. <laughs> I will tell you, you know, and I know you've taught a course on it, but I would love to have a deeper conversation on the show with you about the black resistance against the Trump. That 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 really interests me to hear, you know, what that course was about and, you know, the different perspectives on that topic, because I, you know, for me, I look at it and and, and I don't know for me, I, I've always said on the show that neither one of the parties are for us. One just puts the hood over their face and the other one has the hood exposed mm-hmm. to let you know mm-hmm. who they are. And it's, it's, it's always been cr- a crazy dynamic to me to just see how blacks, we as blacks, we fully embrace the Democratic Party with no questions and not seeing what, not only in the past, but what's being done in the present. Because I mm-hmm. feel like we're put out as the, the grab the votes. You know, we're, we're kind of like, hey, let's give the donkey a little bit of the food. Let's make sure that they take us all through Jerusalem and everywhere we need to go. But when it get time to get to that water to drink, uh, uh-uh, you got to stay here. And we probably going to shoot you in the head because you got us where we need it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. just my take. But then on the flip side, <laughs> you got the blatant races uh, blatantly letting you know, yeah, we'll let one or two of you over here, but we really don't need you. You know, um, so it's just like I, it's so much invested. But then historically, as far as views goes, you know, coming from that Christian background, it seems like it always lines up with the right. You know what I mean? With some of the views, you know, the conservative views. But then right. the agenda that's pushed to the media is that the left is for the little black man and woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's. it's I. I I found myself at times, and I can freely say this on this show because it's our show. I don't give a damn what nobody thinks. Mm-hmm. I found myself, <laughs> I found myself at times like wanting somebody to knock Trump's ass out, and then the next day he comes out with some type of policy of view, and I'm like, yeah, that makes well, sense. "Damn, that makes sense." <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I was just, I was just in this weird space with him. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. I, I don't know why. And I don't know if it's with age. Because um, the furthest thing I want to be uh, associated from is is a, a racist white man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then it's just like, okay, that policy, it does make sense. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. So I, I think that would be a great conversation because I'm sure you have a lot of insight on that as well. Um, from the standpoint of where we are as blacks when it comes historically voting and primaries. Yeah, I mean, you, you are like right on point with that, right? Like one of the things that, um, you know, I do tell my students is like, whether it's the right wing, the left wing or the moderate tail center, it still floats the same bird. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that we have to keep in mind. It's also, you know, this 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 struggle that you have um, with, with Trump is is one of the things that, that we look at um, 
you know, as black researchers when it comes to Barack Obama, right? Because black people as a group fare better under George Bush than they do under Barack Obama, yes. right? Um, it's the um, Obama campaign who absolutely eviscerated the the capacity and reach of HBCUs, right, under mm-hmm. the leadership of John Sylvanus Wilson, um, mm-hmm. who is in, who was a black man over the HBCU, wow. um, you know, uh, over the over the HBCU component of of the White House at that particular point in time, mm-hmm. right? Who later becomes the president of Morehouse College and absolutely does a horrible job there. That's another story for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you are absolutely right in terms of what is happening with black folks in the blind faith in the democratic party and i see it as what the republican party is doing with cubans is the same thing oh, that the democratic man. party yeah. is doing with black people Damn, so you hit that on the yeah. head you hit that right on the head wow okay i didn't even i didn't correlate the two okay yeah i i, I and, and i'm i'm one of those blacks that i had a problem Especially those last, I want to say last six, four to six years of Barack's presidency. I think, I think what put a bad taste in my mouth, and I know we're getting away from what we were supposed to talk about, but <laughs> what put a bad taste in my mouth is when he went to, was it Delaware State? It was, it was uh, one of those, uh, it was HBC. It was HBC. I don't remember exactly which HBC. Was it Howard? May have been Howard. Howard University. Yeah. These young black men. Are sitting there on their graduation oh, that was day. Morehouse. Oh, Morehouse. oh, it was Morehouse. That was Morehouse. We was out in the rain. <laughs> no. So we you were out were, in the rain. So you were there when that happened. Yes, we were out in the rain. Everybody was there to see him. It was raining cats and dogs. We were on Century Campus. Absolutely, that was 2013. So, and that's when he told you all to um, pull up your pants. Stop making it excuses. Yeah. <laughs> pull yourselves up by your bootstraps. <laughs> Stop sagging your pants. So we don't really say this word a lot of times on this podcast, only my private time. But I'm sure there was a lot of nigga. What? (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) what do you, I can't imagine like the faculty. Well, mm, wow. Well, that's what put a bad taste in my mouth with him when that happened. Because Mm -hmm. these young black men were sitting there. They had just went through four to six or however many years it took for them to get to that point to where they said, hey, I've achieved a level of success that maybe my parents, my grandparents, whoever else either were able to achieve or they helped push me through. Mm -hmm. And now we've got Mm -hmm. the first quote unquote black, which he's half black man in all colored person in office. That's what I call it. (laughs) And he's coming to speak at our commensuration ceremony. And this is what he's telling us. I, I just, it, man, it ran something through me. Um, The only other time I got that upset was um, with Bill Cosby when he did the same thing. Mm. And we saw what Mm -hmm. happened to him a couple of years later. (laughs) Again, we're going off topic, but I just, I didn't know you were there for that. Was what yeah. was what was the what was the what was the energy like? What was the air like when that went down? 
Can you give us a little bit? Well, of that? I mean, there, there, was, there was a split between generations, right? So mm-hmm. that's the one thing like that people have to understand that black people aren't a monolith and we right. all don't think the same thing. So right. you have one generation was like, yeah, that's right. You know, tell them, you know how that works. Yeah. You know which specific generation yes. that is. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and, Boomers. You know, versus us, we sit in there looking like, what the hell is man talking about? <laughs> right? Right. But, you know, at the same time, there were those of us who was just like, well, what else did you expect after he had just given those comments to the black caucus? Right? Yeah. And told them the same thing to stop making, you know, excuses and they needed to grow up, right? I don't know if you remember that. Pull up the bootstraps, right? Yeah, I mean, he had went off on the Black Caucus. That's right. And the Black Caucus, like, we don't know who he's talking to. Like, that was a whole moment before he even got to Morehouse, right? Mm-hmm. And so when he gets to Morehouse and he pulls up with this speech and there are, like, over 500 Black dudes in front of him that are graduating, they're like, what do you mean? Does it look like we made excuses to you? Right, Like we all here on campus about to graduate. What are you talking about? So there's no way you can get on a national microphone and say, I'm not the president of um, black America. I'm president of the United States. But when you show up to Morehouse, all of a sudden you become black America's daddy. I'm not a fan of Barack Obama, if you can't tell. I fall in that same, I fall in that same camp. Um, Begrudging against the begrudging opinions of our of our older people, <laughs> our parentals. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I just, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember I had a conversation uh, in the barber shop with this older man. They were having um, it was for his second term, the elections for the second term, and he looked at. He, they were having conversations about who to vote for and this and that, and so. I wasn't saying anything. I was just sitting there and he looked at me. He said, you voting for him, right? I said, voting for who? And he said, the <laughs> rock. I said, no. Why not? I said, why are you voting for him? He looked at me like, he had a, you know, he kind of put his, shook his head back and he said, well, I'm voting for him. You know, he's a black man. And I, I and I, I said, okay, aside from him being half black, because he was raised by his white grandparents, why are you voting for him? Because mm-hmm. he's black. I said, okay. No I'm going to ask you again. <laughs> Why are you voting for him? And the barbershop, it was like six of us in there. Everybody got silent. I said, exactly. I said, just because your skin tone is similar to mine, that don't mean we're in the same race. That don't mean that we have the same you're you're not for me that doesn't mean that i said don't you know that there were plenty of slaves that tried to turn in harriet tubman that's it mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's it i said right that too so the they get in the big house <laughs> yeah i sat there in a, the, the prime is they made a movie from it later on Django, <laughs> steven <laughs> do you know how many stevens there were you know, so uh, when I said that and I made the Harriet Tubman statement, the conversation didn't change the sports. He had nothing else to say. And this was a man. He was in his he was about in his about his late 40s, 50s, you know, grew up in that era like our parents. And mm-hmm. it just really it, it saddened me because I thought, oh, my God, this is how. That was the first time I really took a look at how the voting goes, right? 
again, before that, voted blindly. Voted blindly. Hey, Al Gore, he was president for that was the first time I voted. You know, I was able to legally vote. Al Gore, he was a vice president for uh, Bill Clinton. He's the better candidate. George Bush, he's a redneck out of Texas. His daddy was was racist, all this other stuff. I ain't voting for him. Vote for Al Gore. First time, you know, went through George Bush. Then, you know, here comes Barack, this man that looks like he could beat me. Uh, let me vote for him, you know. Then after those four years, I'm like, why the hell did I vote for him? Mm-hmm. You know, so it was kind of a wake up call. It, it was a real deal wake up call. And I just uh, uh, going back to that Morehouse incident, that was just sad to, to hear that on a national level. That was really sad to me. Like I, I was just I was completely undone. And, and like you said, you had the elders that were like, well, he's telling you the right thing. OK, we're not in the hood. Talking to the, to, to the gangbangers that's putting their guns, giving their guns up at the fairgrounds to tell them, all right, bro. Pull your pants up now. Put on a button up. No, we're talking to you, these young brothers that has persevered through statistics. Statistically, they're not supposed to make it this far. In front of the nation at that. <laughs> yes. It's not a closed mic in front of the nation. Yes, yes. So, yeah, I'm glad. We, again, we're going to go down that rabbit nice hole. Another another yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll get there another day. But <clears throat> so back to what we were, you know, what, what we were going to talk about. Again, we weren't able to discuss this on the last episode, but there was, let, let's start with Whoopi Goldberg. So Whoopi Goldberg, okay. as you all know, she's a host on the talk show, The View. She's been the moderator for many, 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 many years. Um, you know, we first came to know Whoopi from The Color Purple. And then, you know, with her comedy specials and she's had a couple of movies of her own success. Uh, she won an Oscar for... Um, Ghost supporting actress. She won that. Should have won one for uh, Color Purple. That's another conversation for yeah. another day. How Color Purple got shut out. But anyways, um, so Whoopi Goldberg. There was a discussion during. They have a topic called Hot Topics. Um, it's a segment when they talk about those things, and they were discussing the recent banning of Art Spiegelman's graphic novel Moss. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, uh, by a Tennessee school board. And so Goldberg, during that Hot Topic sec segment, Whoopi said, let's be truthful about it, because the Holocaust isn't about race. It's not mm -hmm. about race. Mm -hmm. When asked by co-host, her Jewish co-host, Joy Bayer, to explain her comments, Goldberg asserted, it's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. And then added, these are two white groups of people. You're missing the point. Hey, man. Mm -hmm. The minute you're turning it to race, <laughs> it goes down this alley. Let's talk about mm -hmm. it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. It's a problem. It doesn't matter if you're black or white because blacks, whites, Jews, everybody eats other. Mm -hmm. Following a media backlash, including charges that her comments were anti-Semitic. That's that. Yeah. <sighs> dangerous and provided comfort to fascism. Goldberg admitted she was wrong and apologized via Twitter. Um, and then she appeared on Stephen Colbert's The Late Show that evening. She apologized and said that as a black person, she thinks of racism as only being about skin color and folks are angry. I accept that and I did it to myself. And then mm. she apologized a third time. However, none of that mattered to black ABC president Kim Goodwin, mm. 
who said in the statement that Goldberg's comments were wrong and hurtful. And furthermore, even though Whoopi has apologized, I've asked her to take time to reflect and learn about the impact of her comments. The entire ABC News organization stands in solitary, solitary with our Jewish colleagues, friends, family, and communities. Okay. You ready? Yes. <laughs> Hold on, let me put on my seatbelt. Yes, let's strap in. Okay. All right. Come on with it. I mean, I think this is a good, like, like the three of us, like, we could definitely hash this out, right? And mm-hmm. I don't care who emails who. Whoopi is absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. number one, mm-hmm. right? And I think we have to, first of all, as a sociologist, we have to distinguish between race and ethnicity, mm-hmm. right? Jewish people are not a race. They are an ethnicity. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing we have to understand. And I think like a lot of groups of people want to lay claim to the designation of race, which comes by way of Western colonialism, right? We don't get race without Western colonialism because it's an invention, Mm -hmm. right? So I think people want to access that moniker of race so that they have access to racism, right? That I like everybody wants to say, oh, racism has been committed against me, right? Like, see white people, for example, <laughs> right? So, like, okay. the, so the idea is that understanding the difference between the two, my race is black, my ethnicity is African-American. Mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah. Yes. Jewish people's race is white, their ethnicity is Jewish. Mm-hmm. Now, where this pool gets really, really complicated, right? And she has said this in past interviews. Go look it up. And this is where we're going to have a problem, right? Mm-hmm. And here is where we see Jewish people rejecting Black Jewish people. Mm. You do know that Whoopi Goldberg herself yes. identifies as Jewish. Yes, Goldberg. She, her last name is Johnson. Correct, right? <laughs> yeah. So she herself, as a Jewish person, cannot even be able to state the fact that the Holocaust was not about race. In fact, it was not about race. When we study the history of Jewish people in the Hitler moment, all of these things, Jewish people become persecuted because they were not Christians in the sense that Christians are Jesus believing Bible to end, etc. Right. Mm-hmm. So they were persecuted because of their ethnic, cultural beliefs and practices, mm. not because of how they looked. Mm. Right. The moment of race becomes categorized and reinforced in race in in a physical uh, appearance by way of black folk. Of course, during the slave trade, but it, it happens before then. If you read uh, this book by Cedric Robson uh, titled "Black uh, Black Marxism," right? Okay. Um, black Marxism is is a great book, and there's another book by Nell Irwin Painter called, uh, excuse me, titled "The History of White People," right? And So in this sense, as a sociologist or as a scholar, um, Whoopi is 100% correct. We also have to consider the fact that Whoopi's had three white husbands. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not a drop of black in there. Well, that's what I was going to say with that Ted dancing thing. Was this her chickens coming home to roost moment? Black face. (laughs) I mean, again, she was right, but some of the things that she did. Mm. It could be. Okay. It could be, but the whole point that I that I want to point to, right, is who gets to speak within the Jewish space. Because even when we understand the moment of the Holocaust, there were also black people who died in the Holocaust. Mm. 
there were also black people in those furnaces along with white Jewish people. Mm. And we don't know those histories. We don't know those names. Right. Right. So in this moment, if we are talking about Whoopi saying the Holocaust wasn't about race and it truly wasn't, and she identifies as a Jewish person and Jewish people are telling her, no, you don't get to speak on behalf of this, even though you are this. Mm. Wow. Then what it becomes about is reinforcing the racial lines, even among white Jewish people saying Mm. you don't belong here. Mm. That's what the deeper conversation is about. And then you rely on this black man at the top to reinforce it. And this is where we as black folks, whether you're talking politics, whether you're talking news communications, whatever have you, black folks have to stop being obsessed with black faces in high places. Mm. Black faces in high places will keep screwing you over, 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 and over again, right? Whether we're talking about Barack Obama, whether we're talking about this president over at ABC, whether whether we're talking about uh, Lori Lightfoot in um, in, in Chicago, or whether we're talking about the new black mayor in New York who just said he's going to bring back no-doc warrants and then undercover cops. Get up. And we know who, who, who that's impacted, right? Correct. So this moment with Whoopi, I see as... Jewish people reinforcing racial lines within the Jewish faith, mm. right? Mm-hmm. That's all that comes down to. I think Ju- I think uh, Whoopi is 100% correct. The Holocaust is not about race. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that um, I support anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. I don't. I dare, you know, hello, I'm from the South, like everybody else. But we know the Nazis don't like Jewish people as much as they don't like Black people, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But Jewish people are trying to lay claim to whiteness <laughs> in the same way that the Irish come to lay claim to it, in the same way that the Italians come to lay claim to it. Yeah. They had to be adopted into whiteness, right? So Whoopi gets denied the opportunity to speak her truth as a Black Jewish person who experiences racism within the Jewish community by white Jewish people telling her what you said was racist and anti-Semitic, and it was neither one of the two. It was actually factual. That's my viewpoint. <laughs> you just flamed, ethered. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, that whole topic. Wow. So it's an ethnicity thing. Yeah, it's not a race thing for the Holocaust. It's not a race. It's not a race thing, mm-hmm. and because there's so many, there's so many things that are tied to racism that is unbelievable right Mm -hmm. like white people want to be racist without being titled racist right Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i mean right so so much to the point to where it's impossible to think of you know whichever group or whomever people came up and said oh well whoopi's being racist no 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 whoopi's not being racist actually we can look at your assertion that she's being racist as being racist because now you're saying she does not have the means to speak for the faith right yeah and as a sociologist, we have to distinguish between both race and ethnicity. Mm-hmm. And anti-Semitism can be a thing, right? Just mm-hmm. like, um, you know, one can be against Muslim people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We, we know that, that to be a thing. Right. But, Jewish, but Jewish as a designation is not a race. It is, it is ethnicity. It is a cultural practice, mm-hmm. right? Right, right. Now. If we really wanted to get into it, which I'm not going to get into it, uh, but just give a preview to it, you know, we got to even locate the homeland of Jewish people because mm. it's not Israel. No, 
Yeah. But but that's another story for another day, Ooh. right? Uh, <laughs> um, and that's, that's a hard pill for yeah. people to swallow. And yeah. how the United States is complicit yeah. in bringing about Israel as a home nation mm-hmm. for Jewish people. Mm-hmm. The U.S. is complicit in that project. Right. Mm-hmm. So much so to where Trump moves the capital to Jerusalem. I don't know if you all remember that, yeah, moment, remember that. but yep. that was a whole thing. Yep. Yeah. Right. And so what this becomes about, it becomes about reinforcing the the boundaries of race. And what Whoopi got reminded of in that moment is Negro, I don't care how high you get, I don't care how money mm. you how much money you make. Hmm. You still a nigga at the end of the day. Hello. Yeah. Don't care what your last name you done changed to. Wow. Exactly. That's what that moment was 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 about. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what people are out to prove in the United States somehow is that black people can be racist. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. It's picked up steam in the last couple of years, too. Yes. Yes, it has. And they are really out trying to prove this. And this is another area where you have to distinguish between prejudice and racism. Right? Now, that doesn't mean that prejudice can't be harmful. Mm -hmm. If I go up to a white person and I punch them in the face, that is prejudice. That Mm -hmm. is harmful. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. It does not mean that it is racist because I do not have the power, right, keyword being power, Mm -hmm. to force or superimpose an entire structure into your life. You educated me on that a couple of years ago. I want you to know that about, I want to say maybe about eight years or so ago, that, that what you just spelled out right there, the difference between being racism, racist and prejudice, you educated me on that. I'll never forget that. And and, and I appreciate you for educating me on that because I, I, I never use the term of a black person, not liking a, uh, other races being racist, but I never knew what term to use, you know? So, but you educated the difference between, well, for me, the difference between prejudice and racism, but continue. Sir. Yeah. And- and that, and, that, and that distinguish that distinguishing mark has to be made. And it's one of the points that I drive home with my students. That doesn't mean that prejudice isn't harmful. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that prejudice won't hurt your feelings, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But right. it has nothing to do with accessing power in society. And so what this Whoopi Goldberg moment really is about at its root is anti-Blackness. Mm. And how it manifests in various nuanced and articulated ways, because the rejection of Whoopi Goldberg is the manifestation of anti-blackness that becomes threaded in mass through a concept of what Jewish people has now asserted as racism and anti-Semitism. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Yes, sir. That's what that moment is about. And I know that we're going to go here eventually, but this is why the Joe Rogan moment becomes even more pronounced. Let's jump into it. (laughs) He is is allowed to say Mm -hmm. nigga multiple times and not be suspended from Spotify. Spotify will actually go so far as to edit his episodes, like take them off, yeah, right? He took off a hundred. Here's of them. the thing: hundred thirteen. Yeah, a couple of hundred of them. Okay. And here's the thing about live air and taping live with with Whoopi, right? Mm-hmm. They could have done an edit right on the spot to edit that comments to edit her comments out and then keep the show going live. All live shows have a delayed feed on them. They do. Ooh, wow. Yeah. They yeah. didn't even cover this sister. You understand what I'm saying to you? Yeah. Yeah. They kept it going and they allowed it because black women. Right. Black people more broadly and black women specifically aren't seen as deserving of protection, the protection of censorship, whereas Mm. a white man on a national platform that is making millions who is 
openly a racist. Yes. Right? Yes. Now, he may not identify himself as a racist, but the man is racist. Right. 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 He somehow is deserving of censorship and protection. Whereas this Black woman is not when you have an editing button right there. So who is the producer behind the scenes that said, let, let me not cover Whoopi? You understand what I'm saying? Mm. So the racial politics becomes re-inscribed in this, wherein anti-Blackness is perpetuated to allow harm to occur to Whoopi, but anti-Blackness is perpetuated in Joe Rogan and that Black people on the national landscape are still niggas, and we're going to allow this white man to reinforce and re-inscribe this. Mm. And, you know, the touch back on that Whoopi thing, before we go into the Joe Rogan, there were, as they like to say, teachable moments for um, McCain's daughter when she was on there, when she would say some outlandish things in regards to the black community and, and Black Lives Matter and everything. She got teachable moments on air. There was never a suspension. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Under the guise of um, <laughs> of reflection. Yes. Take time to reflect right. on what you said. Talk about it, John. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, especially for what she's been removed from the... what she. Suspended, removed, I don't care what you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, she was removed from the show for, what, two weeks? Two weeks. To reflect on what she said. Mm-hmm. Not not understanding that her uh, her worldview has been constructed over 66 years as a black woman in America. Mm. And I think that's getting lost. And I think that's what you're really trying to say, too. And, and, and But more eloquently. Yes. I can, <laughs> I can even place it. <laughs> you know. Where racial lines have been divided since she came out of the womb. Yeah. So how how right. else? Um, and even I would look at it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it you know it's kind of really well. It's not kind. It's white folks killing white folks. Right. I, I don't see what where race comes into this. And thank you for pointing out uh, there's a difference between race and uh, ethnicity because that's exactly what it is, and that's exactly what it was, and that's what exactly what took place. And humans being inhuman to other humans. Yeah. Um, and that's where it was coming from. But the demon as anti-Semitic and, and hateful is quite irresponsible. To a woman yeah. that identifies as Jewish. Which is fucking crazy right. to me. <laughs> yeah. Excuse my language. Um, yeah. Yeah, but... um. I'm gonna shut up now because I don't. No, I think you're. I think you're right on point, right? Because Megan McCain gets to be damsel in distress mm-hmm. and gets to be the white woman placed on a pedestal who is given a type of care. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Versus Whoopi Goldberg, who is born in 1955. We're talking one year after Brown versus Board of Education. Right. Mm. Do you understand? Yeah. Like, yeah. and how she is denied that same protection and coverage that Meghan McCain is afforded. The same grace. Yeah, they took a parachute off and just kicked her right into the ocean. Yeah. With no protection. And she's the moderator. She's the head of yeah. the show. I mean, as far she's as she's been there like, yes. since the show. Uh, uh, Joe Behar has been the only one there longer. She wasn't there in the very beginning. Right. It was Joy and, and, and Sherry and, and Barbara. And Barbara, yeah. yeah. And then Whoopi came over to take over Barbara's control. So it's kind of so hard to, ha- like, to have a, a weird uh, or a different or, or the same view as as uh, what's been propagandized to other Jewish folks for decades as far as, well, it's the Aryan race and all this other stuff. I'm like, well, if you just look at it for what it is, mm-hmm. you know, take away these these tropes and these uh, 
these constructs that have been um, established for over decades. Mm-hmm. It was white folks killing white folks. Because he's not killing niggas and going, hey, I killed you because you was a black Jamaican. <laughs> I don't think exactly. in the history of niggerdom they done no, sat here and said we gonna start a mass killing but we only gonna start with the Caribbean portion of the blacks it's very simplistic is that funny how that works yeah yeah that's weird wow yeah the, the fallout and if, and if you study Hitler's life closely mm-hmm. he has a problem with Jewish people as a religious designation right and he's brought up in that and he has taught that you know german people you know of a particular uh pedigree are better etc right now his life is complicated there's a lot more to it i'm just putting it in general terms Mm -hmm. but hitler at the end of the day has a problem with jewish people for a very specific reason and he thinks that they are better so these are wars that white people are having for the sake of compelling power on the national stage because we're still dealing with the era of colonialism right Mm -hmm. you have vietnam that's not going to be too far off you have world war ii you have to consider the larger world stage that is happening and people are contending for resources and my nation is more powerful than yours etc right Mm -hmm. so in this moment that you have an ethnic cleansing titled the the holocaust right Mm -hmm. Is also a competition for the world scene, for who's going to control what resources. The United States is trying to reassert itself as a newer nation, right? Right, right. right. On, on the world scene. So Hitler has to be what? Stopped. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And then when Jewish people first arrive in the United States, they are not granted access to whiteness. This is why Nell Irwin Painter's book, uh, The History of White People, is so important. Mm. Jewish people are not given the, the area to giving access to, to whiteness. At first, they are seen as dirty, right? These are the stereotypes. They were right. seen as dirty. They right. were seen as lazy, right? They were coupled with black folks. Then it became a thing of, well, how can you deny me and I look like you? Um, so much so, so much so to the point, there's, there's an article floating around somewhere titled, How the Jews Became White. Wow. wow. Right? And it goes into all of these various different policies and all of these different things. And basically what it comes down to is there was a defining line Mm -hmm. as in the racial designation of Jewish people is white and that their ethnicity happens to be Jewish. When was the last time you filled out an application under race and Jewish was a designated spot? I ain't never seen it. I ain't never seen it. (laughs) I ain't never seen it. Right? So this becomes re-inscribed in the national consciousness by way of the census, right? Mm -hmm. So when we click black, we click black and that's just about it. The only option that you might get is non-Hispanic or Hispanic black, right? right Which is right. another subject for a whole other day because you got a whole lot of Dominican people that need to understand that they black, but that's another subject mm. for another day. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, th- this, is, this, this is the problem. And this is also the problem that a lot of the Latinx community is currently struggling with, mm-hmm. i.e. high yellow mm-hmm. Mexican folk and Cuban folk. Mm. Because they want to click the designation of white in their ethnicity is Cuban. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 This right. is particularly a problem in South Florida, where Trump is swinging, Trump and the GOP is swinging that Cuban vote yes. like nobody's problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is why Ted Cruz switches his name from Rafael Cruz. I didn't hey. know that. I did not yes. know that. I didn't know they, that man's name is Rafael Cruz. Cruz. Yes. 
His name is Rafael Cruz, right? Uh, this is why Marco Rubio tries to map himself as white. Marco Rubio is a Cuban man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So there's all of these politics, you know, we're, wow. we're going kind of wide here. So I'll bring it back. That's in. all right. All right. All of these like, <laughs> racialized things that happen that what I would want people to understand is that all of these struggles and wrestleness over race really are embedded in anti-blackness. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it is I need to make an assertion for um, whiteness. And a rejection of blackness. Really, one of the defining lines that we get in the United States, there's a case um, from the Supreme Court uh, that was like years ago. It's called Azawa, well, decades ago at this point, Azawa versus the United States about an Asian man. Mm-hmm. And he is making a plea before the United States Supreme Court. And he's saying, Well, I deserve to be white because I damn sure ain't a nigga. Mm. Wow. That's, a, that's essentially the case, right? right, right. And it's one of our early cases in the United States where Asian folk, right, are making this push for whiteness, right? Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is this old subject in a, in, on a different day. But we also see Jewish folk, Cuban folk, mm-hmm. uh, even some Dominican folk yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> making yeah. that same designated push, mm-hmm. right? They're saying, I damn it showed up like Antoine. So that means you gotta allow me access to whiteness. Mm. And then you have some black people that are buying into aspects of whiteness, i.e., Whoopi, I'm Jewish, i.e., uh Candace, I can't remember her last name. Owens. Uh, yep. Oh, <laughs> right. Where, where, well, know, she was black first, then uh, she got that bag and then uh Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> uh, yes. She even sued the NCAA. Who, who did she sue? She sued some institution. Really? Yeah, she did. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It was a white institution because of her blackness. Oh. Yeah. Okay. okay. And it, I'm and sorry. it becomes interesting. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because yeah. even her whole thing is about anti-blackness. Even a recent case that comes up out of Harvard with a bunch of Asian students saying, oh, well, you're not letting us in because you're letting too many black people in. That's essentially the argument. Right? Yes. But in this interesting how they couched that argument, this that's a recent case, right? That just went mm-hmm. before the Supreme Court and they lost the case. Everybody can see that coming mm-hmm. because they went with the wrong argument. You're trying to say that, okay, you're letting basically too many black people in. You're not letting us in, but you're not making the argument against legacy admits at Harvard who are majority white people. Right. Okay. Right. right. And, you know, right. So go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. What I want to say is you, you brought up Cubans. And, and again, this will be another topic that we'll discuss when we have you back on the show. I'm sorry. We all over the place. That's okay. So, no, okay. no, 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 no. Uh, I was just thinking about it when you said the Cubans pushing for white. There's as many white Cubans as there is black Cubans, but the black Cubans are the ones that want to stay there under Fidel. The white Cubans were the one that were trying to get away from them. But that's a that's a that's a subject for day. that's a topic for another day. We can jump into it. I just it just came across my mind. Stuff like that just jumped in my mind. I got to get it out. But go ahead. <laughs> I mean, because it becomes about property rights, right? Yeah. The United States. It's, it's, it's really, um, first of all, when we talk about world history, the United States is recent to world history, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Also, European Western um, discovery, for lack of a better term, is late to world history as well. 
right? Mm-hmm. Now, this is not to sound hotepish, but the truth is, but the truth is the truth, mm-hmm. right? Right. The reality of the fact is that the globe was already being circumnavigated. We already had advanced technologies. We had universities at nauseum on continental Africa and Asiatic countries, et cetera, before European uh, colonization came along. So literally, European folk are late to world history. And, and uh, part of their domination of world history is coming up with this thing called capitalism, right? Yes. Where in one can own something. Right. And one can call it like that's not our original world orientation as black people. Like you can't really like own. How do you own the earth? Like That's impossible. Right. So bringing it and I'm skipping over a whole lot of history, but bringing it current. Bring it. Right. When we talk about people that are trying to get their proximity to whiteness, it becomes I, too, want to own something. I, too, want to control something. I, too, want to be be able to look at black people and say, you ain't shit. And so all of these politics Mm. are grounded in an anti-black position. So when we talk about the magnification and protection of Joe Rogan, Meghan McCain, et cetera, Mm. versus the the, the containment and delimitation of Whoopi Goldberg, all of that is centered and grounded in anti-blackness down to the black executive at ABC reinforcing the discipline. Mm. Got to take care of Massa. It's grounded in anti-blackness. Gotta, That's just what it comes down to. Got to take care of Massa. Got to protect and take care of Massa. You can't offend Massa. You, you, you cannot. And at, Hello, Stephen. And at the end of the day, um, this is... This is why I teach my students. Not mm-hmm. only is there a difference between prejudice and racism, mm-hmm. but there's also a difference between racism and anti-blackness. Ooh, because wow. an Asian person can experience racism. Mm-hmm. A Latinx person can experience uh, racism. But that anti-blackness is another level. Ooh, wow. Yeah. And wow. it is the thing upon which racism operates. Because it is how one gets social recognition. It is how they receive their rights, right? They say, oh, I have this right. I have that right. Well, how do you come to have that right? Because I'm not a nigga in America. Mm. Wow. I don't have those things that should limit me in society. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, I deserve this because I am not that. So, rights and recognition are always established in the negation of what one is not mm. hello women's movement as <laughs> as uh the voting rights came came about which is primarily uh for white women but really established upon the back of black women's work that's another story for another day oh, but yeah goodness gracious welcome to black history month y'all <laughs> <laughs> man we ain't even got to touch on no, Joe. You done covered Joe Rogan in a nutshell. <laughs> Woo! I'm sorry. Let, let me hush. I'm sorry. No, 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 that was fantastic. No, sir. I, I really, I'm. I've been sc- schooled today. Uh, yeah, and everybody else gonna be schooled yeah. <laughs> when they hear this. Um. Wow. Yeah, we got to get you on him about once a month or so because <laughs> you need to educate us. On these things, and, and like I said, man, I, I can't appreciate. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you for educating me on the difference between prejudice and racism, being racist mm-hmm. and prejudice, because the PowerPoint 
I never knew, you know, I never thought about it in that manner and, you know, ever had that education of it's all about power. You can't be racist if you don't have any power. And wow. Wow. Woo. This, this is very true. And at the end of the day, um, and it's, you know, I'll spend like the majority of a semester or a quarter, like working through these issues, like with my students. But at the end of the day, when I come to um, the end of a particular class with my students, you know, I do like, okay, now we've worked through it. Now what? Racism mm-hmm. exists. Now what? Anti-blackness exists. Now what? Is this the regime that we want to continue under? Mm-hmm. Right? Is this, what What do we want to do? Because in order for this to get better, in order to resolve the Whoopi Goldberg situation, the Joe Rogan situation, and all the other situations that, that we know of, mm-hmm. in order for Black Lives Matter not to be a thing, white people are going to have to give something up, right? Mm. That's what the resolution requires. And so white people want to say, oh, you know, we're allies, you know, oh, we want to do away with racism. What are you giving up? You are still uh, occupying native land. Mm. What are you giving up? So it's going to require that something be seated, right? And then mm-hmm. white people have to see, oh, well, that's just reverse racism. Exactly. That's what we're going for. Right. <laughs> like, I see a law of equivalent exchange. Like, the, the idea is, is that if you reverse this shit, it would be the way that it's supposed to be. In other words, oh, this is going to sound really rough, but it is what it is. Say it. Um, Go ahead. In other words, yes, Europe could not grow agriculture like that. Y'all did not know what y'all was doing. Y'all did not know how to use seasonings. All of that stuff came from, from Black people. You did not know how to Ooh. make all that came from Black people. Mm-hmm. Right? This, this is, this, these are the world histories. Yeah. So you don't have a stoplight without us. You don't have an air conditioning without us. You don't have mm. a washing machine without us. You don't have music without us. So if we reverse racism, that means we set it back. That means that the FHA policies that came into being do not exist. Right. Mm -hmm. What that means is that everybody is put on a level playing ground. But the problem that white people have with the notion of reverse racism is that now it puts them back into their historical standing. In other words, that Africa was already in communication with the Americas before. Right. There's a wonderful book called They Came Before Columbus that talks about the connections between uh, African nations in the Americas and uh, indigenous folks before European conquest, right? Mm -hmm. So what that means is that if we reverse the course of racism, you get to see all the things that you are not. Mm. My Lord. Can I toss in how uh, Europe's not actually a continent? Mm. It doesn't make the distinction as a continent. So instead of seven, just be be six. I'm just saying. Mm. Listen, you said it. I just wanted to toss that in. Just saying. Welcome <laughs> to Black History, y'all. Okay, Antoine, I can't. Wow, I, I'm, I'm gonna speak for both of us. We cannot thank you enough for that history lesson in less than an hour. Um, I can I go ahead. Not not necessarily. Uh, not specific to uh, this conversation. Uh, your African American studies courses. Uh, what's the composition uh, of those courses, as, as far as uh, if we're talking about race? What is it comprised of? Um, it, it really depends on which campus I'm. You talking about like the racial composition of the course? Correct. Um, it really depends on which campus I'm teaching at. Um, but I would, I, I would, 
imagine like you're probably speaking more to like what does it look like at UCLA? That's correct. Um, of course, um, I did a great majority of, of, of black students because it's an atmosphere in which they can be themselves and speak their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely get uh, Latino students as well. And then I do get, you know, the handful of white students that get it, but are trying to figure out like, what is the next step? Um, but in, you know, and they're trying to do their work, right? They're, they're mm-hmm. trying on their political voices and they do understand the fact that it is not black people's responsibility to solve white, psychological issues that is your work mm-hmm. so you take it back you take this back to your community because my job as a black person is not to free white people and get them thinking the right way right. um that's your job as a white person so we do get a, a hand you know i do get a handful you know of, of white students and they and they come in and they, they they do really well you know and they raise questions and you know they they engage properly i can honestly say i've never had um a problem with a white person in my course um uh, but that i think that's also because i set the ground from day one what, what's going on up in here and if you're going to be uncomfortable then perhaps this is not the space for you but also, if you're going to be uncomfortable for an hour and 30 minutes, imagine operating in this skin mm. <laughs> for your whole out. life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So just that's kind of the composition of the course just looks like. Out. So withdraw the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get really uncomfortable for you. So mm-hmm. just withdraw the day. Awesome. Wow. wow. Well, Antoine, thank you again for coming on. Uh, thank you for taking the time out. You on West Coast time. PST. So we really appreciate you getting up a little bit early to come on and educate us. Um, we got to make this a thing, man. We we need you. Uh, <laughs> this is this is good, you know, um, for that topic, the education that you provided, not only us but the listening audience. Um, there's yeah yeah I, I I can't say enough. So thank you thank you brother for coming on and dropping that dime on us that knowledge dime on us you really appreciate it fully appreciate it Antoine that was awesome oh no problem yeah. anytime thank you for the invitation I I enjoyed being here hopefully I didn't talk too much Lord have no, mercy no, no you <laughs> did not talk more but due to time constraints yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely so wow thank you again Antoine that's awesome well we can't follow that with nothing absolutely nothing that, we'll just shut it down for the rest of this recording that's it we are the Short Desk Podcast. Holla at your boys. Hello. Thank you for calling Disturbing the Peace. To help expedite your call, please listen carefully to the following options. If you're calling to send us a demo tape, press 1. If you're calling regarding a job, press 2. If you're calling to borrow money, press 3. If you're calling to find the nearest weed spot in your area, press 4. If you're out of alcohol on Sunday, Press five. If you need a hoe for the evening, press six. If you woke up with a hangover and a pair of hairy balls on your forehead, press seven. You've just been press seven. You've been introduced and victimized to a moral crime called teabagging. We suggest you. We suggest you promptly hang up the phone, beat the ass of any white guys you hung up with last night, and find and destroy all photos where they end up on the internet. Thank you for calling. Good luck. Goodbye. Goodbye.